Welcome to Owning Scripture, a podcast dedicated to the study and memorization of God's Word. We're so glad you're here. Let's get started. Well, hey, friends, welcome to episode 32 of the Owning Scripture podcast. My name is Andy Lackey, and I'll be your host today, coming to you every Tuesday morning as we take time to study and memorize God's Word. And this week, we're going to look at one more of these I Am statements of our Lord Jesus Christ. I know we've looked at several of these over the past few weeks, and uh, and I wanted to look at one more of these because this is a passage that I think is so worthy of our attention to take time to study it and, and to memorize it because it offers so much hope for us as Christians. And this comes from, once again, the Gospel of John, John chapter 11, and we're going to be memorizing verses 25 and 26. So let me read the passage for us first, and uh, then I will make a, a few comments. John 11, beginning with verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And so here are these glorious words that our Lord Jesus speaks, and he's speaking here to Martha. And I guess it's important, first of all, to give sort of the context as to what is going on. You know, back at the very beginning of of chapter 11 of John's gospel, we see where Jesus, uh, Jesus gets word from, from Martha and Mary, uh, their friend Lazarus, or actually their brother Lazarus, Jesus' friend, uh, has fallen ill, and so they send word to Jesus. They want Jesus to come as quickly as he can to come and to help him, hopefully to, to heal him. Uh, but Jesus actually delays his visit for a couple of days, and when Jesus actually finally arrives in Bethany, where Martha and, and Mary are, uh, it's too late. Lazarus has already died, and Jesus has an intent. There was a reason that Jesus wanted to wait for this time period to elapse before he showed up because he was going to do something great in their very midst. But what happens is when Jesus does arrive, Martha runs out to him, and and she says this. This is back in uh, verses 21 through 24, where Martha says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but even now... I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And so here Martha, she's showing that she loves Jesus, that that she trusts him, and she has this faith in him, but her faith is sort of of an incomplete faith. She, She has faith in this resurrection, in this future event, in this last day, something that will happen you know, at a time later than right now. But she doesn't seem to have faith that Jesus has this power in the here and in the now. And I think many of us are, are like that t- today. We love the Lord. We trust in Him. Yet at the same time, we can sometimes question His methods. We can sometimes question His motives and, and sometimes even question the power that, that, that our Lord has to, to heal us in, in the very moment in the very present situation within which we find ourselves. And so Martha here is demonstrating a faith, but it's an imperfect faith. And Jesus wants her to know that, no, he can be trusted at this very moment. And that's why he says to her these, these beautiful words. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. That whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he, he live. 
and Lazarus has now been dead for four days. And I think Jesus waited for these four days for uh, a reason. You see, for most of the Jews during this time, they thought that when someone died, that the soul would sort of linger around for a few days. And once the, uh, the four-day mark had come along, well, at that point in time, the soul had departed, and there was now no hope for life to be restored in that individual. And that's why I think Jesus waited for four days so they could know that Lazarus was truly dead. There's this a movie that came out back in 1987 called The, the Princess Bride. And there's a scene in the movie where, uh, where there's this man who has passed away, and this guy named Inigo Montoya brings uh, Miracle Max. Miracle Max is actually played by, by Billy Crystal, but brings him this friend who is dead. And Miracle Max uh, looks at his friend. He's, he looks at him and he says, hmm, it just so happens that your friend here is only mostly dead. There's a big difference between being mostly dead and all dead. Mostly dead is slightly alive. And here, in this scene with Jesus and Lazarus, Lazarus is now truly dead. He's not mostly dead. He is completely dead. He has been dead for four days, which I think is going to heighten the, the miracle that Jesus is getting, to, getting ready to perform as he actually raises Lazarus from the dead. So when Jesus here says, I'm the resurrection and the life, he is wanting to let Martha know the difference between a, a general belief about the resurrection and a, and a personal belief in the present power of Jesus who stands right before her. And, and notice that Jesus does not say that he will merely resurrect Lazarus from, from death to life, but rather he says that he himself is the resurrection. And I, I know we've seen this in these other I am statements and uh, where, where Jesus doesn't just say that I am a door, I am the door. He doesn't say, I am a light of the world. He says, I am the light of the world. And here he says that I am the resurrection and I am the life. So when Jesus here claims to be the resurrection, he is making the claim that not only can he raise himself or others from the dead, but the, that he himself is actually the resurrection. And this idea of the resurrection, this lays at the heart of the Christian hope. You know, you know, the great fear I think that plagues all of us is this fear of death. You know, Job himself asked the question, if a man dies, shall he live again? And we've all asked this question. We've all pondered this question as to what lies beyond our life here on this earth. Will we live again? And with no answer to this question, that means that someone has a life that's devoid of any peace or, or joy or hope. But for believers, we have. We have this living hope because of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Tim Keller wrote in his book, this book that just came out fairly recently, called, it's called Hope in Times of Fear. He says that all of our hope centers upon the resurrection and that this one event brings us both power and the pattern for living now connected to God's future new creation. The resurrection lies at the center of the hope that we as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ have. Perhaps some of you are familiar with Johnny Erickson Tata. Uh, she is a, a lady who was involved in a diving accident when I believe she was age 16, and she, I think she's now in her 60s, and she has been a quadriplegic ever since. And here's what she says about the resurrection. She says that I, with shriveled, bent fingers, atrophied muscles, gnarled knees, and no feeling from the shoulders down, will one day have a new body, light, bright, and clothed in righteousness. 
powerful and dazzling. She goes on to say, can you imagine the hope this gives someone with a spinal cord injury like me or someone who has cerebral palsy, who someone has a brain injury, someone who has multiple sclerosis? Imagine the hope this gives someone who is manic depressive. No other religion, no other philosophy promises new bodies, new hearts, and new minds. And that's the hope that we have in the resurrection. And of course, Jesus Christ says that he is the resurrection. And he asked Martha a question. He says, Martha, do you believe this? Do you believe this? And the same question that Jesus asked Martha is the same question we have to ask ourselves. Do we believe this? You listener today, do you believe this? This question is the most important question you will ever be asked. And how you respond to this question will not only affect your life today or tomorrow, but for all of eternity. So I ask you again, do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus is who he says he is? That he is the way, the truth, and the life? Do you believe that he is the light of the world? Do you believe that he is the bread of life? Do you believe that he is the resurrection and the life? There's a song that we sometimes sing in our church, and part of the lyrics are this. I believe in God the Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again, for I believe in the name of Jesus. So my question once again is, do you believe? I pray that you do believe, because the other response will be that, no, I do not believe. I do not believe that Jesus is who he says he is. I do not believe that Jesus Christ is the resurrection. And to deny Christ, to not believe in him, is to be under the realm of the prince of the power of the air. And so these two different responses to Jesus' question lead to two different consequences. For the one who believes, they will have eternal life. That's why Jesus says to Martha, Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. The believer has life, abundant life, this never-ending life, which will take place in the very presence of Christ and of God the Father. Yet for those who do not believe, Jesus says that they will experience condemnation, separated for all of eternity from God. I know Jesus earlier, back in John chapter 3, was, had, had a conversation with Nicodemus. And in John chapter 3, verse 18, Jesus says, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. As this story about Jesus and Lazarus goes on, Jesus does come forward and and, and actually heal Lazarus. Over in John chapter 11, verse 43, Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And just as the power of God's word brought forth the creation of the universe, the power of his word here brings forth this new resurrected life for Lazarus. The, The friend of Jesus who had been dead for four days now had this blood flowing through his veins. He had activity now in his brain. And this flesh that was once rotten away was now restored. He had experienced Jesus as the resurrection and as the life. And the resurrected life of Lazarus, I think it's a picture for all of us. It's a picture of us for what the resurrected life will one day be like for all of us. When John was on the island of Patmos, he saw Jesus and he fell at his feet as though he were dead. And then at that point in time, Jesus laid his hand on John and said these words, Fear not, I am the first and the last, and the living one. I died, 
and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. And this is found in Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. And as Christians, we can have great assurance and comfort knowing that Jesus Christ has the key to unlock and overcome the power of death so that we can have nothing at all to fear. And as Jesus asked Martha, he is asking you, do you believe this? And if you can say, yes, Lord, I believe, then you, my friend, can rejoice knowing that you have nothing to fear, including death itself. For you know that your Jesus is the one who is both the resurrection and the life for all of eternity. Friends, that will do it for this week's episode. I'm so glad that you were able to join us, and I do hope that you enjoy the rest of your week. Hope you enjoy your weekend. And until next time, may God bless you.